Hey everybody, welcome into the Brokage's podcast and episode five of the Titan Slayer series. This is the Attack on Titan portion with your hosts, Luke and uh, George, who's looking very good today, much better than me, who feels like death. So apologize for the low energy, but welcome in, George. Wants to say hello to the people. First of all, hello. Second of all, Luke, this is just the second half of the episode in which I introduced you in the same exact way. We can't both be the handsome ones. The the audience will they'll be confused. They'll be they'll feel lied to. It's uh, it's okay. It's okay to be the handsome one, Luke. <sighs> well, you know, I don't feel it, George, and I feel like some people only listen to one episode or the other. So maybe you know, just the Attack on Titan fans need to know what you look like. That's um, true. That's true. Yeah. And it's not dissimilar to the car titan, sadly. <laughs> oh, come on. Don't say that by yourself. <laughs> oh, man. That's an, uh, right. I'm going to see myself out. Thank you for joining us on this edition of uh, Titan Slayers. We'll see you next week while George cries himself just for six consecutive oh, weeks. Hey, hate yourself to a better you. That's the motto of the Brokage's podcast, and it should be your motto as well. Goat Kage's. <laughs> yes, Goat Kage's. Bah! There oh, we go. Yeah. <laughs> and now that we've lost our entire listenership, let's jump right in. So uh, the opening of this episode was uh, Risha again, uh, you know, Daddy Yeager, as we like to call him at the Brokage's podcast. Yeah, uh, you know, we talked about last episode that they spared us from the scene of him brutally murdering the royal family within the walls. Uh, I was wrong. They did not spare <laughs> us from that scene at all. They were just saving it up for this episode. Um, so we see him, you know, beating the the founding titan ripping her neck out eating her at aaron's command by the way and then smushing the rest of the people uh of the royal family like bugs other than the father who we obviously saw earlier in the show um so we got to see that and then we got to see grisha uh or grishek and i'm I'm never really sure daddy yeager we got to see daddy yeager um you know have his his uh, reconnection with Zeke again and him saying like, I could never imagine it being so terrible, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Aaron is bad. His plans are bad. Aaron's only going to be the one to succeed from now on. Uh, and that's kind of like our little review of what happened at last episode that they gave us during this episode. Um, pretty brutal scene. Wouldn't you say George? Yeah. I mean, I will say daddy Yeager, kind of a whiner, kind of, you know, wah, wah, like a lot of whining. We saw him do that last episode too, but yeah, no, in his defense, he's had a kind of a rough go at it. Right. And, and Aaron is one scary SOB, so to speak. So that's, you know, we popped in kind of where we left off last episode. And then we have that memory where Trisha and Zeke embrace each other. Uh, you know, Zeke's eyes roll to the back of his head as he experiences fatherhood bliss finally for this moment and they kind of snap back to not reality but to this kind of dream uh like world with this with the tree and the uh ymir herself right yeah so the to the coordinate is what they call it like the coordinate world so snap back to reality oh there goes gravity oh there goes sorry i'm done (laughs) i am really loopy guys i do not feel well at all anyway (laughs) so aaron we go back to the the coordinate world with aaron and zeke um and aaron's basically you know revealing his his mastermind plan to zeke he's like thank you for introducing me to those memories, Zeke. That's the only way I could show Grisha the, the memories that I wanted him to see. So uh, Zeke is like, you could show whatever memories you wanted to him, but just selective memories so that, you know, you could influence the, the past 
from the future. That's not fair, which like is kind of what we talked about last time. It's just like a, a pretty, pretty goaded power. Um, but apparently, you know, like we alluded to last time, God, we're so good at this for non-manga readers. Um, <laughs> just don't just don't go back through past episodes and find out when we're wrong. No, no, only focus on the successes, <laughs> which are numerous and plenty, just like our listenership. Thank you for listening. <laughs> so uh, anyway, <laughs> um, I lost my train of thought. I'm very ill, George. Go ahead. Yeah. So so we we pop back to the coordinate world and Aaron is still kind of in his chains, right? And Zeke and him are going back and forth. Zeke is like, you've manipulated him, blah, 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 blah. But he's like, it's okay. I'm still in control and basically orders Ymir to sterilize all of the Eldians, right? She turns around. She's about to accept it. And so Aaron is like, no, stop. And in our kind of weekly check-in on is Aaron Yeager crazy, he rips his hands out of these cuffs by t- uh, and with it goes most of his hand skin and some fingers, yeah. right? So he escapes these chains somehow, which, uh, and then he runs, he starts to kind of book it on over to Ymir, which first point seems like Zeke should have, you know, reconjured up more chains, uh, but, you know, that's besides the point. So he, he gets to Ymir who won't stop and he kind of starts holding her and hugging her from behind is like stop and then we start to get this flashback to first hysteria and then yes well so he's not just like stop he's like basically convincing her mm-hmm. that you know he's the one to listen to right he's like yeah. i'll end this you've been through so much you don't have to be a slave i'll end it i'll end it all you know so he's making these promises that he's going to end whatever it is that you know i guess human suffering you know, maybe maybe this is the show where Madara finally wins. And by Madara, I mean Aaron Yeager. And by an infant Tsukiyomi, I mean the sweet embrace of death for everyone. <laughs> yeah, if Madara was like, I'm going to end suffering by killing everyone. Right, yeah. Yeah, so I'm more, I'm more team Madara than I am team Aaron at this point. But uh, anyway, so Aaron is, is hugging Ymir and trying to get her to stop uh, and trying to convince her that that he's the one to follow, not Zeke of the royal family. And then we go, you know, into this flashback um, where we see uh, Ymir's life, basically. And yep. George, why don't you take over from there? Yeah, so this is, uh, you know, the kind of the first time we get to experience Ymir and all of her and all of her backstory. And basically, she grows up in this small Eldian village that is uh, invaded and then conquered by kind of the royalty of the area. Right. Yeah. And importantly, you know, earlier on in the show, the lore was that she was the queen of the Eldians, right? And she made a deal with the devil to get the power, the Titan power. But we see very quickly that that is not the case. Yep. Um, So she's in this small village, like you said, that actually gets taken over by the Eldian tribe. Um, And she's a slave, actually. Um, She and all of her people are slaves, right? Um, so go ahead from there. I just wanted to make that quick point. Yeah, and she, so she was convinced by, I assume, her mother that basically, like, life is really hard and you should just try to be kind and giving and, like, do what you can to ease everyone's suffering. Um, and that's kind of how she, like, lives her life. And as a result, when a pig escapes from the farm in that Ymir worked in, uh, which we assume is not her fault, but maybe it is. But when the king basically makes an ultimatum to the people of the town, he's like, "You tell me who released this pig, or I will take every one of your uh, one of every one of your eyes." 
Uh, and so they all immediately sell Gimir out, like just absolutely brutal. They're like, mm-hmm. she did it. She's like, okay, I guess I did it, right? And so as a result, the king goes, all right, well, I'll give you a gift, freedom. And this is like the first time where I start to suspect that the king doesn't know what the word gift means. Uh, because the gift of freedom in this case, right, is that uh, she's actually just going to be hunted by the Eldians as, like, some sort of sport or just to kill her. And so she's just, you know, promised Neverland child, booking it away from the people trying to kill her, uh, and just taking arrows in many of her limbs. And Right. Yeah, she takes one through the shoulder, and then she takes one through the calf as she's running away. Um, as the, you know, the tribe, the Eldians, who took over her village and made her people slaves, are hunting her for sport. Um right, that they called, you're going to be free, but basically they're just hunting her for sport, you know. Um, so as she's running away, she stumbles into this tree cave, which is what I always hoped I'd find in the forest as a child, um, but unfortunately doesn't exist in real life, but does in the Attack on Titan world, this deep, deep tree cave that she's in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> deep tree cave. So in the deep tr- tree cave, she's, you know, kind of been brutalized and uh, just stumbling about and she falls into this water um and in the water she gets connected to something uh and that something triggers the titan reaction in her it's like this like weird like spinal cord looking thing it's got like these like tentacles and it's translucent but still like uh luminous um and it connects with her and you see an explosion in the forest and a titan rise um, where that giant tree cave was. Um, and this is kind of the beginning of the real story of Ymir, I think. Yep, exactly. And so this like weird insect looking spine thing, it's gotta be a spine, right? Because these um, these titans are passed down through the consumption of each other's spines. I, that has to be the only, but it's like it's like this weird alien insect spine thing like that she merges with. So yep, she, she bonds with that, becomes, you know, kind of a titan and then somehow returns to, Eldia or the Eldian village, right? Um, and as a result, pretty obviously, she's going to be used as a weapon, specifically to fight the Marleans um, in this, you know, conflict between uh, the Eldian army and the Marleans, right? And it's pretty clear that the Marleans cannot tango uh, with this Titan power, and she pretty handily just takes it to them. And so she gets a reward of a new gift from the king, which I, again, have some questions on what the king thinks is a gift, but do you have any kind of comments on that part of the summary? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they don't really give us a really great look into Ymir's psychology, but she becomes a titan, and I do want to say that her titan is not one that we've seen before. Yeah. Um, Like, you know, the other titans get passed down throughout the show, and they're the same titan form but a different person is in control of them after they get passed down um but she's like a titan that we haven't seen before the the very first titan or the founding titan i suppose um and she then like goes back to her enslavers and is like still a slave for them even though she's like the titan who could destroy their entire army and free her village the betrayer if she wanted to so i don't really get what that's all about like if she's just like a very passive character which is kind of what she appears to be in the coordinate world she's kind of does what she's told by the ld and royal family um so i don't know why she did that in the past but that's kind of 
what she becomes is the slave tool for this very, very cool Eldian king, like you said, um, who gifts her, quote unquote, with his seed, um, which, you know, th this kind of whole scene and, and uh, progression, I think, shows why uh, Attack on Titan is really, I think, more of an anime for adults than most of the other show in that we watch because of the the brutal cruelty that's shown here yeah. um i think that it's pretty clear that it's not like a consensual sexual relationship between this this king and and ymir the slave and it's yeah. um a lot of gruesome brutal violence that, that we see throughout this flashback yeah and so you know they've started to have kids together who I, whose goals it becomes clear later will be to kind of inherit the titans and maintain the eldian power throughout for for centuries and you know be able to um kind of keep his reign and his legacy going but in that time they're also kind of continuing to wage wars against the people around them and the king is becoming even more and more kind of powerful and grotesque and all those things to the point where one of his own soldiers tries to assassinate him and uh, for some reason, this we'll call this the kindness of Ymir, the, what she thinks is being kind or loyal or whatever. She takes the spear for him, and because she's this like ultimate titan, who I think the reason we haven't seen this form is because she's going to be the nine titans all in one at the same time before it's kind of split apart. The Avatitan. The Avatitan. <laughs> the Titan-tar. The Titan-tar. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she kind of takes the bullet for him, and then she's like, just saved his life and he goes what are you doing stand up you're not dying and like she's in pain like writhing in agony he's just like stand up like just no compassion which is like mm -hmm. kind of weird because you'd expect him to show like some sort of compassion for the person like the the foundation in which he's built his entire kind of totally realm on and so i'm a little like it's a little maybe it's like from her perspective or things like that but it's it's kind of an odd choice by the show to make him just absolute like he was going to be bad regardless, right? But to make him so just, like, have no redeeming qualities is a bit... Yeah, like, heavy-handed in his cruelty, I would say. Like, it's unrealistic how cruel he is. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we've seen this done in other shows, like Joffrey from, from uh, you know, Game of Thrones. And it's just, like, you're, this, this character is pure cruelty, basically. Um, but I think your point is well taken, that, it, that it's a little bit heavy-handed. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then we start to see kind of the rest of um, her life, right? Which is she has kids, <laughs> she she dies, and her kids eat her. Um, am I leaving any kind of stories parts out of her story? Yeah. So like after she dies, the king is basically the Eldian king is desperately trying to save his power. I think yes. so. The three kids that she bore um, of his, he then it's three daughters, um, and the three daughters' names are actually the the uh three walls names um of the uh paradise island yeah. um, which i thought was like kind of a cool foreshadowing thing that they did um but then they're being forced to you know they they show kind of gruesomely like the butcher chopping up their mother and then forced to eat her her flesh like raw basically yeah, um to horrible. try to preserve the power and then on his death de deathbed we see uh the king basically telling his daughters like you know once you die you have to be have your spines eaten by your children and then when they die their children you know ymir's bloodline and her power needs to be preserved um and that's kind of the ending 
of the uh, Humir flashback that we see. Um, and then we go back to the coordinate where Aaron is hugging her and Zeke's rushing behind him to try to, you know, save his power as the as the royal family over Ymir. But Aaron has, seems to already have sunk his, his teeth in uh, and is convincing Ymir basically to go against that. Um, and he's saying that you're not a god, you're not a slave, you're a person. Yeah. Let me help you. Let me end this. I will end this. Um, and what he means by ending this is not clear yet. Um, but I think that, you know, it's pretty clear that eventually Ymir agrees with him. Uh, and we see that Ymir kind of has that Aaron face a little bit uh, and becomes terrifying in her own right. Uh, and it seems that Aaron is one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so in this whole time, right, he's like trying to talk her and like, you can see like the moment she like breaks and takes exactly that like Aaron face, just like this horrifying face of pain that she has on it. And all of a sudden we kind of snap out of the coordinate world. Right. And so we have this like weird, ugly scene whereas it's Aaron's head and Zeke's hand and the spinal like monster right climbs out of his body and like reattaches itself to his head his like eyes roll back into consciousness and all mm -hmm. of a sudden uh he starts kind of spreading and the walls start kind of crumbling down around uh Paradise Island and all of a sudden it's become clear well what's about to happen Luke that the rumbling is going to take place so uh, the battle that was going on now stops, right? And yeah. all of the walls crumble down as all of these colossal titans are basically awoken uh, and start marching their way towards the ocean, towards Marley. Um, so at this point, you know, Zeke is lost, the Eldians won't be sterilized, and Aaron is won, and the rumbling has begun. Yeah. Uh, and then we get kind of our, um, our audience explainer here, Aramin, Kind of explains what's happening to Mikasa. Uh, Armin is like he was he was on our side the whole time. We won, you know. Um, and then I thought you had a kind of an interesting theory about about Armin as he's explaining what's happening. Uh, yeah. So remind me what my theory was though, because I say well, you, you thought that he might have like Stockholm syndrome. Oh um, yeah. Well, he's so so he started to like you know they've won and he's like Aaron's gonna like save the day everything is fine like aaron was never betraying us there's nothing he could never be wrong like he's he's our boy aaron and then all of a sudden he's like wait that's weird he he's called all of the walls of paradise island he only needed a few to take down uh the 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 global alliance fighting us like why would he do that there's no possible reason uh that's so weird right and like after all that you know, Aaron has kind of put them through in the season four, you know, he's like, and like, he even starts to suspect something's up before they kind of enter the fight. But he's, he's so kind of belligerently team Aaron that like, he's not really understanding the things going on around him. And he's certainly not, you know, he's not hesitant about what's happened after all, you know, everything that Aaron has done to them when explaining it to Mikasa. He was like, no, he, he's our boy. He's a good guy. We've won and everything's going to be chill from here on out. And then uh, it becomes very clear to him and the rest of the Eldians that things may not be chill, right? Right, yeah. Like the Titans are destroying the town as they kind of walk through it um, on their way to, uh, the, to, to do the rumbling, right? To destroy the world. Um, and then we see uh, 
I don't remember if this was before or after, but we see kind of Aaron transform into this gigantic creature that isn't like really a Titan. It's like a whole new creature that we haven't seen before. Um, it's like and a it's kind of spinal cord bug, right? It's like one of those yeah. spinal cord alien bug things. Yeah, it's like kind of slithering away and leading the colossal titans. And it it like is a Goliath compared to the colossal titans. So it's just like gigantic. Um, but it's slithering away towards Marley. Um, and this is like a very, very ominous scene. You know, like it's it's very creepy. And despite the fact that Aaron is our protagonist, I think what makes him so interesting is he's also our antagonist, right? Like, I think it's alluded to that Aaron's plan isn't going to be just to wipe out, you know, the Marleyan threat. It's going to be to wipe out everyone who's not an LD. Right? Well, it's, it's no longer alluded to at the end of the episode, right? Oh, yeah, that's what he says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so the episode ends basically with he started to communicate with all the Eldians telepathically and he kind of transports them to the coordinate area again to speak to them all at the same time uh, because that is one of his powers. And he's basically like, uh, you all may be wondering what I'm doing. And what that is, is that I'm going to kill every single person <laughs> that is not in this room with me basically and he's basically like, yeah you thought i was going to end the war and i will end the war by ending the rest of humanity and yeah. basically you can see that he's planted his flag and that his decision is that everyone is the enemy of paradise island and that the only way and he, this was kind of alluded to at the end of season three right when he points across the scene he goes if everyone on that side is dead will we finally be free? And that's, he's answered his own question. It's yes, and that's what he's decided to do. And the show kind of wraps up on this horrifying still of Aaron Yeager's monster face, right? What's almost Titan-esque, but it's really more, I guess, this slithery spinal, spinal alien thing. And it's just like, we're going to kill everyone, right? And so yeah. this is where, you know, you say he has antagonistic-like traits. He may become the antagonist for the rest of the show as... The rest of you know, I I I can strongly envision a world where Mikasa, Armin, and everyone else fight a war not against, you know, not not against the rest of the world, but for for the survival of humanity against Aaron. Right. Yeah. Well, the humanity outside of Paradise Island. So, you know, Aaron's like going to kill everybody who's not on Paradise Island, basically. Um, and I also thought that this show, this episode, was really revealing. Um, you know, it, it was almost worthy of an emergency episode, like you mentioned, um, but it was really revealing because remember the Marleyans uh, thesis and what they kind of what we thought was brainwashing was that they were always saying that the Eldians were such criminals, they were so cruel and, you know, dominated the world and uh, caused so much suffering and that's why, you know, they justified the ghettos that they put them in and the war on paradise that they were uh, uh, undergoing right because the Eldians of the past were so incredibly evil that this was the only solution for the world right is to take out the Eldians and for a while we thought that that was unfair right because all we've seen is the current day Eldians Paradisians who are just people you know as Gabby alluded to in her big reveal is that you know I, I expected to see monsters and all I found was people here yeah um, but what we saw in the when we saw the past is that the past Eldians kind of were monsters. Like that king was a monster. He was yeah. horrible. And the things that he did were horrible. So maybe the Marleans were right all along. And it would have been best if the Eldians were exterminated. And it would have been best if, you know, Zeke made them unable to reproduce, right? 
Well, it certainly at least was a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Things are, this is their worst case scenario. What they were, were arguing could happen is potentially happening for sure now. Yeah, I agree. So given everything that's happened, uh, do you think that this, I mean, I don't want to call it the conclusion because it's not a conclusion yet, but this big reveal of Aaron's plan, um, does it make sense to you? Yes. I don't. It, I think it does. I don't. I, I don't even have anything else to add. I think it completely makes sense. I agree. Yeah, he he's been on a war terror ever since you know we met Aaron. Basically, yeah, he's yeah. always been aggressive and violent, and therefore you know himself and his friends and his family, um, and that's very in line with with his character and what he's doing right now. I agree with you. Um, so, who do you think that the Eldians, you know, the Paradisians, I guess I should say, um, and the Eldians, even the Marleyan Eldians, who do you think they'll side with? Uh, I think it'll probably be 50-50. I think you see some. I think, like, Mikasa will probably side with him. I think Armin will probably side with him for some reason. But then if he ever <laughs> returns, like, uh, Levi will probably not side with him amongst many other people. I think, like, you know, Gabby will probably fight him. Um, uh, so I think there will be, you know, I think he'll probably split down the road 50-50. But, um... I think I was really glad that it happened too. All of this happened because it made that one remember that one scene that they quickly did the flashback at the end of season three where he kisses the hand of Hysteria, I believe her name was Hysteria, and, yeah, Hysteria, and then she he like he has this like horrifying face on him. They never explained that back then. They finally kind of explained that that was like the moment he got all of his Attack Titans memories back. Well, his, his memories of the future, right? Yeah. That's that's when he saw the future, basically. Exactly. When he touched Historia. So I guess, you know, the attack titan power really activates when it's in contact with a royal family member. Yep. Um, and so you, that, and you yeah, realize how strong it is, right? Because, like, that's kind of the moment that Aaron changed from, like, a burden to the, you know, his fellow scouts around him to basically the most, one of the, the most powerful characters in the show. Oh, by far the most important and powerful character in the show. That's what he's been for all of season four. You know, he's really been driving the ship this whole time. Um, and we've seen just kind of the extent of how he's been driving the ship in this last couple episodes where he manipulated the past and, and manipulated Grisha to bring out the uh, the present and, fit and future that he wanted. Yeah. 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 And so do you have any kind of last thoughts on the episode? Yeah, it was great. Um, I thought Aaron was very scary. Uh, I think I'm still rooting for Aaron, to be honest. I'm rooting for the, no, for the you genocide. Root, root for the bad guy in, in <laughs> anime? No, not Luke. Not, not our Luke. It's true. Hey, I don't root for the demons in Demon Slayer. I just not I yet, think that he makes some well, good points. You just said that you, you thought that Akaza was pretty likable. So we're, we'll, we'll get In terms there. of demons, as far as the demons go, George. Anyway. Um, I do have one final kind of discussion point I want to hit with you before we before we go is I think we should talk about what the what the heck that spinal cord thing was that you know linked up with Ymir in the tree cave lake um, which can't believe it exists wish it exists in real life nice tree cave lake um, that then fused with her and gave her these titan powers that have now set everything else in motion uh, what do you think that was yeah so I think there's actually two options here um, and so you can tell me kind of what you think of both. 
Uh, the first option is that you've actually found a way to two-dimensionalize yourself, Luke, uh, as a villain yourself, and then you have actually crawled your slithery gross body into the Attack on Titan world to enable our our heroes to become the villains. That would not shock me. That's like theory one, and I honestly think that's probably the stronger of the two theories. Uh, but theory two is that it's just like some weird alien that we'll never get to know and like it's just you know this part of the world beard building this thing exists and this is like the part of anime that you just have to take take it or leave it this is just what it is yeah uh, but what about you what do you think yeah i mean i like that theory i wish that that was the truth um that i had that kind of power <laughs> for the attack on titan universe but um no sadly i, I think i'll go ahead and squash that one right now uh, in one of the stills, actually, I'm, I'm just weird and I like pause them so I could read them. Um, you know, like how they have those like picture stills kind of between scenes sometimes, like between. Nerd. Nerd. <laughs> All right, we host an anime podcast, so I don't know if you can really call me the nerd. Sorry, sorry. But, Super uh, nerd. Super nerd. <laughs> All right, chill out, chill out over there. Um, but the, they threw out some theories of like maybe it's a it's a parasite um, that. And that would actually kind of make sense to me that like it, it lives in her spinal fluid and then that's why it's passed on through the spinal fluid when people eat it. They could oh, just yeah. parasite and then it migrates to their spinal fluid and that's where it lives. Um, so that's one idea. Another idea was that it's like a fragment of a god. You know, they always thought that Ymir was a god, yeah. but maybe this, this spinal cord thing is the actual fragment of the god or mm -hmm. someone took pity, you know, some higher being took pity on Ymir for all of her suffering and, and offered her this power, which then she squandered, by the way, <laughs> um, and just became the tool for destruction for the, you know, evil Eldian king. Uh, so that's another theory. I think that, you know, it could be an alien uh, kind of like para parasite a little bit okay. uh, in, in that vibe, you know, where it's come from another world and, and that's what offered uh, the symbiotic relationship between the Eldians and uh, the, you know, the Titan parasite thingy that then we saw, you know, come back through Aaron. Uh, my guess it's going to be something like God or supernatural that's to do with this coordinate, coordinate thing yeah. that we haven't totally understood yet. Um, and yeah, that, those are my, those are my theories. Um, and then, yeah, one, if, unless you have anything else, George, why don't you play us out? I do have one final question, uh, okay. which is, is Aaron crazy? Uh, yes, yes. He is batshit insane. Yes. <laughs> and you heard it here first. Thank you all for joining us on the second half of episode five of Titan Slayer, as is tradition, since I'm the one who is, you know, speaking us off of this episode, we will thankfully have Luke, despite his illness, despite him barely pulling through uh... both halves of this, Luke, would you please play us out? That was like the best one you've done so far. You were there for it. Maybe you should well, it's because you you talked for so long. I had a second to like kind of think about it. But. Maybe you should be sick more often. I don't think so. I would like to go to bed now. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>